when I retired, before I retired, when I retired, after I retired, I had lots of people ask me, well, what are you going to do with your time now? And my standard answer was, you know, I'm not too worried about that. I got a lot of stuff to do. And I said, but one of the things that I wanted to do, and I, I said this, I didn't tell everybody this, but I, I'm telling you now, and I wanted to spend some time looking at my own genealogy. I have a, a Tim and I have a cousin that's done a lot of work on that, so he sort of laid the groundwork for all of that already and has done a really remarkable job with not so many tools that we have now. And so in any event, what I want to do is go back and, and sort of verify a lot of that and, and fill in gaps and push it back as far as I can. I don't know how far that'll get. But one thing you have to do when you do that kind of thing is you have to realize you may find something you weren't anticipating. Something, and I can't say that I have, although I have some ancestor named Puffer. So in any event, I know on the, the TV ads, they usually have these things about how delighted these people were to find out who they were, uh, who were their ancestors were, or what their heritage was. And, and you know, but they, what they don't say is the people who found things, they say, oh, I wish that weren't there. Well, in some respects, when we read the genealogy of our Lord, we kind of find that second. Oh, I wish that weren't there. Because we find in his genealogy harlots. We find adulterers. We find murderers. We find those who broke the law very blatantly. And the, Lord ex and the Lord takes all of that to himself in his humanity through his blessed mother. He lets all of that which was fallen be his own. And he loves his ancestors because he loves every man. It's a picture to us of the fact that he takes us where we are. He accepts us and he, he brings us to the throne of God and allows us to enter. If in fact we believe him and we love him and we respond to him. After the genealogy is read, we have, I think, a really important section after that which relates to us how important the last part of his genealogy was and that is his mother and his adopted father his mother and his adopted father, because his adopted father was not his father in the flesh. He was only betrothed to his mother. None of that marriage was consummated. That's our understanding. It's our tradition. And it makes all the sense in the world. When you look at our Christology and, and, and look at our theology, you understand it. But what you see in Joseph and Mary are two incredibly pious, devoted compassionate people. First, his blessed mother, who knows she's, she's had a visitation, probably not just one, but certainly this last one with the angel Gabriel, who explains to her that she's going to have this child who is, in fact, she's been blessed by God to have the most special of children. But what she doesn't do, it seems rather clear from the passage, is what she doesn't do is tell her betrothed that Gabriel came to me and told me that. She just remained silent. And he 
chooses to be betrothed to her in spite of all of that. And his pious response is not to sort of go to the, as the most pious probably of all Jews at that time, his, most, his response is not to go to the authorities and sort of, you know, say, she's broken the law, I'm supposed to tell you. No, in great compassion, what it says, he, resol- he resolves to put her away quietly. Out of his love and his compassion and his love that's given to her from God. And then a great, great blessing happens to him. Not just as an angel come to her, but an angel comes to him and explains what has taken place. It's not Mary who has to tell him. It's not the blessed Theotokos who reveals to him this truth. It's God himself through the, the angel messenger. And the angel res- reveals this to him. In his piety, he's able to see. Most of us haven't seen angels because we aren't so pious, but he is. And he explains it to him. And now he understands. And in his love and his compassion, his devotion to God, he sees it through. And he becomes very much the earthly father to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In his, from his birth on, our Lord has the finest of icons as a mother and a father to emulate. In the flesh, he sees how to be a mother and a father, how to love, how to be more than that, how to be a pious Jew at that time and to, to follow those things that are given to, to know him. And, and probably they don't fully at all understand until much, much later who he really is. But they do come to understand that because they know God. They know God the Father and they come to know God their Son as God because they love him. So our message today for us as we approach the nativity of our Lord to celebrate this great event. We celebrate births Births all the time, but this very special birth is when the Lord himself fulfills the promise to Israel and sends a redeemer. And Israel is us. He sends to us our redeemer. And in that sending, he reveals to us how we are to respond to it as his mother and his father did and to be like them. We're given a calling. We're given a blessing. We have one week left to to fast well in preparation of this great feast. May God give us the strength to do that and to live the way his mother and father did. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God.